You're listening to Disruptive Dialogues on the Future of Religion. Our aim is to provide listeners tools for a conversation on how religion is changing and being affected by society. I'm your co-host, Troy Shepard. I'm an app developer and a business entrepreneur and a researcher on cultural trends related to religion and community. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Heidi Campbell, a professor of communication at Texas A&M University, where I study the intersection of religion, media, and digital technology. Welcome, and let's dive into today's conversation. Well, welcome back to Disruptive Dialogues in the Future of Religion. It's my privilege to be with Kathleen Phillips, who is one of the leading lights behind a new initiative called the Middle Way Urban Monastery. And so we're going to be talking with her today about kind of her vision and where this kind of work can go, especially the impacting people who are spiritual, not religious, in the larger Bryan College Station community here in Texas. So thank you for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me, Heidi. So first of all, you know, the whole idea of an urban monastery, that's not a phrase that most people come across. You know, even the concept of monastery can be kind of different or challenging. So how do you understand what an urban monastery is and where did this idea start to come from for you? Well, as a trained spiritual director and, and in a group of my peers who are all spiritual directors, we've all taken retreats perhaps to places like monasteries and retreat centers. And way back, we all just were kind of thinking selfishly, wouldn't it be nice to have a place locally? We could do that at any time. And then as we became more aware of people who are the nuns and the duns or those who are spiritual but not religious, it began to gel with us that really such a place would be great to have for people who are not at all likely to ever show up in a church but would love to be in a place where they can find peace and comfort while they seek God in their own way. Great. Had you ever heard of the concept of an urban monastery or how did you start to even envision what that would look like and what it would be like to kind of, you're not asking people to take vows of celibacy or wear long brown robes, you know, so <laughs> where, how did you start to kind of put those ideas together? Well, that phrase came to me when I was at a retreat and in speaking with another person who was there, that person just said the words urban monastery to me and I said, what? And it was an instant feeling I had that that was what those of us who'd been talking about it were thinking, mostly because though we are in a relatively small town to some people, we are an urban city with a major university and lots of pharmaceutical and medical type businesses in our area. So we are very urban. But in a larger setting, people travel to these kinds of places from far and near. And so I felt like, well, that fits. But the concept of monastery came from the feeling that you can be very much alone in your search, but people will say, I want to be in a community of people who are also doing that. So mono is alone, but the whole monastery community comes together with people where you can feel safe to go and explore in your own way, knowing that you're um, around like-minded people who are also seeking. And so the words just kind of came together, urban monastery, it, it fit. So when you run into people, you know, that, you know, whether it's in the supermarket or that you're trying to explain to them what the vision is and what you're trying to accomplish, what is your kind of elevator spiel that you give them? It's pretty much our mission that we want to be a place where people can come for peace and comfort and hope as they explore God's love 
And so it's all about acceptance and people who may not have done whatever in their life that they feel would never be acceptable in a church. For them to to find out that God loves them no matter what and that there's a place they can come and feel welcome, feel received, feel the hospitality, feel the acceptance so that they can get back on a path in, in their journey of knowing that they're loved and therefore grow spiritually. And that just serves the whole larger society well when you when you can help people understand that. So a couple of weeks ago, we were able to talk with Anya Elbert, who I know was one of the people, part of the steering group that's kind of thinking through what this monastery is going to look like for the, the long run. And so one of the things we talked about with her is just the whole idea of people who are describing themselves as spiritual or not religious. And so you're trying to be this open community that kind of not just drawing into the church folks, as it were, but kind of people from different spiritual walks and, and backgrounds. How do you see this as maybe different than a traditional monastery in that reach out to spiritual but not religious? religious and what are you learning about kind of reaching out to those people as you're trying to envision and, and create a space that they may they feel comfortable in well I think when we started this it was pre-covid and so uh, we were looking at people who had not either had not been in church for a long time or never had been and yet were curious and so that was the early thought that well those people might want to come and just explore with us and I think covid has helped people kind of get a different perspective on what their religion is and what they feel like is needed in their religion. So pre-COVID, we had the thought that people who had never been in a church or who had been never maybe raised in a church or hadn't been in a church for a long time might want to come to a place like this and just start to re-examine where they are in life and see where they wanted to go with that. And, and since COVID, we have seen that even people who maybe had been going into churches regularly, then now they can't or they just got out of the habit, uh, may have redefined what they feel like is necessary with their spirituality. And so they may be seeking something quite different. And all the pieces of going to church in the past uh, may not be as, be as meaningful to them. But in my own practice as a spiritual director, I have found, and I've, I've had people who, who range in age from their 40s to their 80s, age has never been a factor. Some people just want something deeper and they don't even know how to name it. Mm-hmm. And so when they start talking it out and they start finding out there's new ways than maybe they had ever experienced or even known existed, then their spiritual life just starts to flourish. And that's one of the things I hope we can do with Middle Way is it doesn't matter what your walk of life is, how old you are, what your past has been, but just come there and explore. So, you know, you're talking about kind of COVID as one of these disruptors of things changing, you know, how things we look at spirituality, how we look at our faith. Of course, many people have had to really kind of change how they do their faith practice because we can't meet because of social distancing and other regulations. And I know even for you that this isn't how you thought you would launch the urban monastery and especially in the middle of COVID. So how has kind of the experience of COVID and just going online and having a, offering an online first experience and then with the hopes of later moving offline, how is that kind of reshaping your thinking about what spirituality could look like or or how you could create a shape for spirituality in the 21st century? Well, we were forced to go online uh, when we thought we were going to open in person. Uh, And we would just be in the community with the beauty of COVID and the beauty of having gone uh, virtual to begin with, with Middle Way, is that 
we've got people who are participating from not only all across the United States, but in other countries. So we were, we're going to keep that up, even when we do open a physical space that people can come to. We will keep up uh, a lot of our components on our social media platforms. And that's the beauty of it. And also we found out that people who might even still be a little bit timid about coming into a physical space, even though it's not a church, if they can dip their toe in on the social platform methods, either just looking at the website or going to any of the Facebook offerings or any of the other platforms we have, then they might feel more comfortable when they come and they see one of our faces at the physical location or they know that name and they've gotten comfortable with the whole concept, coming into it might be all the more easier. So we think there's a reason for both virtual and in-person People, because of COVID, even the most introverted people are saying they want people. <laughs> so they can come to a monastery where it's, it's going to have a quiet kind of an atmosphere. and You're not going to be expected to chat with everybody, but you'll see other people there. And people are saying they want that. So <laughs> I think we're going to keep both, both going. And had you envisioned like the online component, the idea of kind of creating a virtual sanctuary and a gathering space, was that on the the plans or is that just kind of grown up through the COVID experience? That has grown up through the COVID experience largely. I mean, we did initially say that we, one thing we would do as a monastery would be to have daily praying of the hours throughout the day. And we've, we've done that six days a week. We have morning, noonday, and, and evening prayer. And so that we see continuing, that kind of just, and, you know, someone doesn't have to participate if they're at the monastery when that happens, just like they don't when they're virtually. They can come and go as they want. But we've added a lot of other components to the Facebook, like, you know, the century prayer. We've had retreats. We have weekly devotions. Some are live. Some are taped or videoed. And some are just printed. So we're trying to look at all different needs of what a person might have and also be aware that not everybody has easy access to the internet. And we also see uh, having some things there like a garden to walk in, a labyrinth, uh, a library where you can sit and read. So there are some tangible things that would be different from from online, but, but there's certainly a lot we can extend to people who aren't able to come here. So, and we have a book club. That's another another thing that has caught people. We have people who join from other states in the book club because they want to talk about something with somebody. And they found out as a result of that what is a middle way urban monastery and what is uh, spiritual direction and those kinds of things. So it's it's got its legs like that way too. Talk us through a little bit what we would see if we go to the monastery as it were. You know, if there's a physical building, you kind of know, okay, I walk up the street, I open this door, I go in and see how people behave, and I model after that. The online space is very different. So describe what people see with the Facebook and the website and, and what's, what offerings there are for people now. That was one of the things that we had to decide when we started the social part is that we want it to be safe for people. And so we don't want it to be, we didn't want them to come in on a, on a platform of any sort and have people arguing with them about their viewpoint of God. And so we made a conscious decision that, that people could 
remain anonymous on our group page. So you can come there and you can get centering prayer. You can participate in the devotions. You can see the daily prayers of morning, noon, and evening. And anything we have like that, you can come and go. Even if you don't come when it is live, you can come back because it's all, it remains on the page. And so if you're not there for the live centering prayer, come back when you can find the time to center in your day. Uh, That's one of the beauties of the virtual side is that if it was in the physical situation, if you've missed centering prayer, you've just missed it right then. But the virtual allows it to be always available at any time. Those are the kinds of things that you would find virtually whenever you want to come anonymously. We do say that we have members, people who want to know what's going on, We needed to think of a way to connect with them, and so we started this weekly newsletter. And that just simply kind of has a topper on it that says what's going on, and then it lists the things that that will be happening that week, a little description about some of them if they're new, and then a calendar of events so people can keep that handy. And, of course, that's published on the website as well as on our Facebook location, but it's also emailed to all those who have said they are members. So that's how we decided to to model it after a physical monastery, to not require people to join, which is counter in the in the social media world. Everybody wants to join, and we we tell them it's okay. You can subscribe to our newsletter to be a member, but you do not have to sign up to our Facebook group in order to get to come. Great, that's a, a different a different yeah different perspective. Next to the last question is you you talked to well. The name Middleway, I know that has significance for you, and it's, different, it's a different name. You don't normally hear a monastery with that name. So what is the significance for the monastery and also kind of spiritually how you see that idea of the middle way? So the middle way comes from the Latin term via media, which is ancient. Aristotle taught it way back 300 BC, I believe it was. And it just meant, you know, everything in moderation pretty much. You know, don't overextend or don't go to an extreme on anything food, alcohol, (laughs) anything in your life, don't go to extreme. And so people in the ancient world knew that term. And then in the Reformation time, when England split off from the Roman Catholic Church and and, and developed its its own church, the Church of England, they adopted that via media phrase which everybody still knew, it was it, it was common language, to say we're not going to be the extremes like the Puritans and we're not going to be the extremes like the Roman Catholic. We're just right here in the middle. And so that was known in that church. And, of course, they came to and, and helped found the United States, and, and that's been known in the, in the Episcopal Church for a long time. You don't hear it so much anymore, however, lately. For whatever reason, that name popped up. The whole concept popped up as we were thinking about this urban monastery, and it just seemed to fit. Because people are, in these days, feeling this divisiveness that's going on in society, not just in religion, but in all all areas of our life, I think. And so we wanted to say, no matter where you're coming from, you can come to the middle way and find who God is for you. And we're not going to tell you how that's going to be, you're going to discover that yourself. And so that's what the name became. 
Yeah, in many respects, you're living that out with bringing these ancient traditions into the contemporary context, mixing the internet with traditional prayers of the hours in a very kind of unique way. So it's a great living out of your name and not just something that you aspire to, as it were. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because it's just, it, and it's just happening. You know, it's not like we sat down and had to go, okay, so what's the name going to be? You know, it, it just kind of seems like a natural flow of how this is progressing. So my last question is, do you have any, like, I wouldn't call them success stories, but stories of people that have been impacted, that have visited and then kind of told you, wow, this is what this space has meant to me or this experience has meant to me. And then secondly, how has this impacted your own spiritual journey and your life as a spiritual director? A lot of people have told me that it's just what they needed. And I've, I've heard that, well, we had a public event, an in-person event, before the election, we had a prayer vigil for on election day where we invited people into St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, let us use their space for that. Many people, and I have no idea what side of the of the polls they were on, <laughs> but they, they did say that they were so glad to have had a space to come in and just pray. I have had people in the book club who have joined some books and not others saying that that spoke to them and that they've learned. One of, I guess, the themes I've heard from throughout, no matter what they took part in, including Centering Prayer and the Finger Labyrinth Walk that we have on Fridays, is that I'm, I'm hearing from people who, who started life in a very, um, they've described it in many ways, fundamental, narrow kinds of church experiences who had walked away from that and, and felt themselves floundering, uh, like wanting God but not sure where to get it and that they have found a way back in while they explore it hasn't necessarily helped them make a decision yet but they have found a way back in while they try to find where God is for them in their new way of thinking and so to me it's just allowing many different types of prayer and spiritual expression to be offered for these kinds of people who desperately want it and don't know how to get it and are finding that they can be safe in, in that exploring with three middle life. And any impact personally on you and your spiritual journey or your life as a spiritual director? You know, there are so many times when when I want to go, what in the world are we doing? You know, it would be so much easier to sit back and I'm just being really honest, you know, I you know, just to sit back and, and ride the rest of my life out would be a really easy thing to do when it gets hard. <laughs> but but then I look at Scripture, and, and uh, as a Christian, I, I try to go back there. And so many times in uh, in our Scriptures, we hear people going, Heck no, God, no, not me, and and just get pursued to do it. And, and it's not just me. I have, you know, these wonderful people who are a part of it who also bring these wonderful talents and things just keep going and so and so that that is a blessing to me to to take it oh just like wow uh, we're going to keep trying this we're going to keep trying this and see where it goes for god and the other thing i have found is just an acceptance of myself because i have a lot of I have a lot of, I'm just a human, and, and I just uh, have a lot of faults. <laughs> and so I look at people like Peter and Paul, who God said, yeah, go on and do this. And I think, well, 
you know, we're just people. God needs people. And so you don't have to be clergy, in other words. You don't have to be have any big title. But if you're called to do something and you just step out and start doing it, that's been a growth for me. Well, thank you so much for sharing about the vision and the journey of Middle Way Urban Monastery and just kind of what you're learning in the process and just offering this creative way for people to you meet God, especially in a uh, season of Corona and with the vision to seeing how you can reach out to new, new groups of people in their spiritual journeys in the future. So thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Heidi. Our website is middlewayurbanmonastery.org. All one word, middlewayurbanmonastery.org. And then on Facebook, go to the Facebook group. There, You will find Middleway Urban Monastery listed twice. Once is a page that you can like, and, and that will keep you uh, informed, but also linked to the Middleway Urban Monastery Facebook group, which is where all of our, our prayers and our content and our services are. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified of future podcasts. And be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform or share it with your friends. We hope you're leaving today with a better understanding about religion and conversational tools to talk about it. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. So until then, take, take care. care.